Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Westwood One Podcast Network. All right, everybody, welcome back to the TNQ Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Luttrell. Every week, it's my job to fire you up, to ignite the legend inside of you, and to push you to your greatness. Join me every week as I take you into my briefing room with some of the most hard-charging people on the planet. They're going to show you how to embrace the suck of life, teach you the values of working your ass off, and charge through whatever life throws at you. This is the Team Never Quit Podcast. Podcast. So buckle up, buttercup. Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. My name's Andrew. And I'm Melanie. Hey guys, we're excited to have a very, very special lady on today's show. Jen is a gold star wife, but her story, her never quit story is so much more than that. Her ability to find the silver lining in every circumstance is actually just remarkable, and I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. I agree. Jen is, um, I met her several years ago, and I didn't know her whole story, but just the little bit that I knew, I knew that, I mean, I could... I could find inspiration from her and then just learning her her bigger picture story is just incredible. So like we always do every week before we jump into the interview, we ask a question of the day, which is brought to you by our Patreons. And today's Patreon question comes from Corey and he asks, what would be your best advice to make the leap from a career to chasing your dream? I've actually struggled with this because I have a passion and a hobby and I want to make it a business, but I always debate like, do you make your hobby or something that you love doing into a business? And I think if you can find that fine line of where you won't get tired of it or you won't get burnt out or it just becomes about money, I think that's that's where you just have to keep a line drawn. And as long as you can follow your passion and... You don't have to worry about, you know, is it paying the bills or whatever. If you can just do it um, and it be some extra income, if it ends up turning into something big, I think that's really what the dream is. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to lose joy of something that's already yeah like, like that hobby thing, like you're saying. I think the other thing, my piece of advice would be like have a plan. You know, so many people kind of just take the leap of faith, which is obviously awesome. But if you're not prepared for that there could be negative consequences. So you just make sure you have a strategy or a plan in place so that you say, okay, if I go all in on this, if I go all in on my dream, is my family still going to be okay? Do I have the ability to cover my bills and all those things? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and if you feel comfortable that you can do that, you know, go for it. And I would consult with friends and other, um, you know, people that might be in the same business or just talk to people, ask you know, local business owners, what they think, and just step outside your comfort zone and really consult with others. And 
take advice from people that you respect and that you trust. All right, Corey, thanks for your question. If you guys want to ask your question, head over to patreon.com. You guys can actually join us for exclusive access to the show. We have bonus behind-the-scenes content, exclusive promotional codes for our merchandise. We send out some awesome swag, and obviously every single week we ask one of y'all's questions on the show. So if you want, join us at patreon.com slash teamneverquit. We actually have 190 members there. We'd love to see that community continue to grow. And uh, thanks again for the question. All right, let's get to Jen. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. This is another special episode recorded live from the Lazy J Ranch. It's technically the Lady J Ranch. And today we're joined with Melanie Luttrell and a special guest, Jen. Jen. Yes, we're going to go with Jen. Just Jen today. Yes, with all of the military books and everything, you you hear names, you see things on social media or whatever, but there's so many more people behind that that are unnamed. And Jen is one of those that we're not going to say her last name or anything, but I want you to hear her story because it's so important. And the other night we were at a fundraiser uh, raising money for the SEAL community and she spoke about her her experience with that organization and it brought me to tears and it just made me think, gosh, there's so many stories that we don't know. And the one thing that I thought when I was listening to her on stage was she is the epitome of never quit. So I just wanted her to have this platform to share her story and inspire others. So Jen, can you tell us a little bit about you had mentioned on stage um, that you had lost your brother when you were young and maybe just talk like a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, that kind of stuff, what kind of family um, you came from, and we can go from there. Hi. Thank you for having me. Um, I was born and raised in Michigan, and at my brother and I were 15 months apart, very close, um, no other siblings, and... Um, in Michigan, our school was 7th, 8th, ninth grade, and then high school, 10th, 11th, 12th. And I was in 10th grade, he was in ninth grade, and he was very nervous to come to high school. And I really believe that it had to do with uh, TV shows and just things that you heard um, that it got the best of him. And he actually committed suicide at 15 years old. And um, my mom and I were home. And it was like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do right now? And I called 911, and they came, and we thought he was still alive when they took him, but he wasn't. And I got to the hospital, and immediately, you know, this is 1995, so got out the phone book, started calling my dad's friends to say, you need to get up here. And they had already contacted my dad at work but didn't tell him exactly what had happened just because I was like, he's got to drive. It's going to be far. You can't tell him this, you know? And then, um, I was supposed to, I believe be at a practice for sports and, um, like I wasn't there. And then like my team came up to the hospital and I remember walking in and one of the rooms, um, the door was open and I looked up, it was like room number eight, and I like glanced in. I'm like, 
oh my God, there's a body in there, like covered. I'm 16, you know, well, some time goes past and then they call us and they're like, okay, let's go into this room. And it was my brother's room. So that was actually him. And like we came and we gathered around him, did our father and like my dad's friends were there. My friends were there. My mom's friends were there. And it was just like a lot at 16, you know, but it was like, I don't know what came over me then that I was like, all right, call this person, do this, get this person up here, pack a bag for my mom. Cause I'm thinking we're staying the night at the hospital. Oh my God. You know? And, um, and that was tough. I, I mean, we lived in a great town, great like community. We were involved sports and just, I mean, all sorts of stuff. And, um, it was tough on his middle school. And unfortunately, in the community after, there was some, like, they called it a copycat suicide. There were several in this area. And to this day, you know, um, the mental health stuff is out there more than it was back then. And you didn't hear about commercials for depression back then, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, There's part of me that he had a knee surgery from a football injury, and it was like, I just said to my mom recently, like I was in yoga class, I could have, like, I guess I was just so clear that day. And I'm all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, was it from the painkillers after the knee surgery? Like, did that get to his brain? You know? Um, And I I don't know. So it wasn't from painkillers that he died. He actually shot him. There was no, no warning he didn't so, express anything like that to you, know, you or your mom or anything? I feel like because he was laid up after the surgery, it maybe got to him. And um, we both ended up with chicken pox, like in middle school and high school. Oh it was just gosh. like, so it was just like one thing after another was happening, you know? And and um, we never fought. We were super close. And I want to say it was the day before we had to do like a can drive, not canned food, um, soda cans, pop cans, as we call it, Michigan mm-hmm. pop. Um, because in Michigan, you get 10 cents back for bringing cans in. So for sports, a lot of times you'd go around and knock on doors and we're in our car and we're driving. And, um, I think he had his permit then. And he was like, just picking a fight with me. I'm like, what the heck, you know? So, and that's kind of what was leading up to it. And he wanted to go into the Marines, him and his buddy, that was their thing. Like, this is what we're going to do. And I remember he came into my room that week and gave me like his Marines like keychain. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Like, why is he, you know? And then he's like, Hey, do you want this sweater? And I was like, Oh, okay. So just, you know, so I know, I think we kind of talked over each other. Um, I shared that it wasn't from the pink arrows. He actually shot himself. So at 15, you know, it was quite, a thing in our community. And, um, I was like, what am I gonna do? Sit at home? I can't sit at home. I'm gonna go back to school. So it was dealing with this, like, you know, oh gosh, you know, I, my, I don't know. I don't know what's happening right now. And all I needed was my music. And it was like, back then I'd like run my, uh, earphone like up my sleeve, had it coming out like by my wrist, and I would just sit in class and listen to sad music. Not that I was depressed, but it just like I remember I made all these tapes for the funeral home even to listen like our songs, and then I would like listen to that, and I was just like music, 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 and um, 
My parents divorced shortly after that. Mm-hmm. So my family basically went from like four to two. Oh my god. Very gosh. quickly. And then it was like, all right, let's get ready to go to college. So I was like, huh, okay, you know, and applied to the colleges. And um, I went to one and actually cheered there. And that was like the only thing I got up for. I, for some odd reason, picked 8 a.m. classes because we had, you know, it's like collegiate co-ed cheerleading at this Division One school. And um, that's all I cared about. I was like, I just want to run and hit the weight room and... That was my thing. And I didn't like the cold weather. And I was walking down the hallway in my dorm. And it was like, have you ever dreamt of working for Disney? I'm like, yes, I have. And I like went to that interview oh <laughs> as my, my like gosh. freshman first semester. I was like, I'm ready to leave this place. And I got the job. So I went on to work for Disney. In so, Florida? Yeah. Yeah. So I started there. I um, was on opening crew for Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, my god! And it was like such and I had always loved Disney so it was so did my I mean we just all did and I was like wow I am making this dream come true I have this ID card in my hand that I can get into the happiest place on earth every day like I am winning right now you know and um because it was a brand new park our internship was not three months like most of them it was eight and a half so I was like I'm getting a 4.0 for this semester because it was like 12 credit hours. Yeah. So I was like, all right. And it was time to come back. And then I see an ad for an audition for Disneyland Paris. So I was like, guess what? I can go avoid some more life by taking this job. So I went and worked in Paris for a couple months. And then I came back and I tried to do the school thing. And I was like, wait a second. How am I sitting in Michigan right now? in the wintertime in a classroom when I was just in Europe. This is not filling my soul at all. So, like, Mm -hmm. I left. Went back to Disney. And then I think I came back to school one more time. And um, I got to the point that I was working so hard to support myself there that I was becoming just exhausted. And I was like, I need to shift something. And I don't know how I'd had this insight at that age. I don't know if it was from driving a lot that I just had like time with my thoughts. I really, I don't know. And I was like, I see another ad, like come work for Sesame Street. Okay. Why not? Like, let's try this out. (laughs) So was your major in theater or arts? No, I danced growing up. That's where I spent most of my childhood. And I'm very thankful for every single one of those dance teachers. I went to several studios in Michigan And I'm thankful because I was taught that discipline at such a young age. And it was like, you didn't have that piece of the costume, you're not competing. So it was like double checking, triple checking things at the dance studio every night. I didn't smoke. I still have never done drugs. Like I I just, I just had such a good, um, like stable, I guess, just from that. Yeah. Your foundation was that young. And because it was all team-based stuff too because it's it's a group dancing and it's like, you know, you got to like pull your weight. And um, I was thankful for that. And I also had some male track coaches in high school that went through this when I lost my brother and I was so grateful for them still to this day, you know. Um, and um, so I ended up driving from Orlando to Jacksonville and auditioned for Sesame Street and – they called a couple days later, and they're like, uh, you got the job. You need to leave in four days. I was like, 
Oh my god. Okay. Um, what does this mean? And they're like, oh, you're gonna be on an equity national tour of Sesame Street Live. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I traveled around doing that and came home on a break. And um that's when I met my husband. And um How old were you? Oh gosh, so that was 2001. I was like 20 something. Um and we met and my friend's like, oh, hey, you should come, you know, meet my boyfriend's cousin, this and that. I'm like, girl, I'm getting ready to go back on the road for 10 months. I'm, I'm totally good. So we ended up meeting up and that was July of 01. And um, after that trip, he's like, hey, have you ever been to Vegas? And I was like, no. He's like, do you want to go? I'm like, actually, I can make this work before I go back on the road. So everyone thought we were just going to get hitched in Vegas. They're like, are you guys married yet? Like harassing us during this like weekend away. And uh, we did not. And um, I go back on the road. He's back doing his thing. And the morning of September 11th, Sesame Street has a publicity on Fox and Friends. And there I am doing that. Super early in the morning, and because my husband was in New York, was, yeah, because my husband was on the West Coast. Oh my gosh, this, you were in New York yes. on nine eleven. Yeah, so this is before because we. I think our call time was at like four thirty in the morning. So my last message to him again, pre iPhone for the young listeners out there that don't know this struggle, was hey, please don't call. I have to be up at like four in the morning to go to Fox and Friends, and that's all I knew, and we didn't get to talk till eight o'clock that night to know oh, that I was okay. my gosh. So what happened, I mean, you know, it's such a gorgeous day that day. And because we're up so early, there's a driver that brings us from our hotel to the studio. And he said, do you guys want to stay in the city for breakfast? And we're both like, no, we have a full day ahead of us. Get back to the hotel, get back into bed. And then my director calls me and she's like, uh, turn on your TV. And I had just called my parents to be like, hey, I'm home, like back at my hotel, you know. And um, they're like, okay. And then everything like was happening. And we were staying on the Jersey side. So there's like smoke everywhere. I like don't know what to do at this point. I'm like, the rest of our cast is starting to wake up because it's an off day. And I decided to go for a run. Then I come back and like slam a Heineken. I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself right now. Like, Like we're helpless over here. Flights grounded, you know, no rental cars. And we have our tour makes up people from all over the U.S. And um, we couldn't leave. Our families, like, you know. So a couple of us ended up getting on a Greyhound, which was very scary that day because people just didn't know the state of anything. And we took the Greyhound, like, all the way back to Michigan. Oh, my gosh, from New York. Yeah. And I mean, we had, it was like, I remember us having to leave the hotel, take a city bus with our, all of our luggage that we live out of our suitcases for, you know, a couple months, Mm -hmm. nine, 10, 11 months. So that was a lot. And, um, my husband's group was one of the first groups over to Afghanistan and I didn't see him for, well, not till April of like 2002. So it was tough because I, living in these hotels for work... Were you thinking that, like, that day with everything going on, did it cross your mind that, oh my gosh, my husband, this is going to directly affect his job? Yeah, and 
when he called that night and he's like, I'm going to have to leave. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I don't even, and actually let me rewind. We were still dating at this point. I'm referring to him as my husband, but at that time we were still just like, you know, this was Mm -hmm. a new thing. I was like, okay, well you need to like be, you know, careful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like what do you say? This is all new to everyone. Mm -hmm. And, um, so being in the hotels, we got the USA Today newspaper front door, mm-hmm. you know, news on all the time. That's how I lived. News, 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 news. My poor roommates on tour that had to like listen to that all the time and me reading the paper. And I actually canceled cable back in like 07. Like I don't even have TV. So sometimes people are like, oh, did you hear about this? I'm like, nope. <laughs> I just had to, again, like have that boundary and go, Yeah, this is not good for me. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, you know, how I kept things. Um, and yeah, still, I'm kind of the same way, like no newspaper, like recycle that. If I get it at a hotel or something, it comes to the door. And, um, so that's kind of that whole, Oh my god! Yeah, so our, so when did you get married? Uh, we got married in 2004. Yeah. So like I said, he came back 2002, got married 2004, moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. When did he go in? Um, He went in 1996. Oh, wow. Yeah. Joined the Navy in 1996. And this, um, I mean, lots of deployments. Mm -hmm. You know, we went through 13. My gosh. And, um, but yeah, back the, I, to even think back now after... Him coming back, us moving to the East Coast, um, that it became the norm. And it's like, unfortunately, our families have gotten pretty decent about like, you know, it's like, okay, that's what we got to do. And we didn't have FaceTime. We didn't have text. It was care packages and letters. And um, I kept a journal for him and wrote in that like when I couldn't talk to him. And collected postcards from traveling, you know, and put them in that so journal. So were you still on tour? Did you continue to work? So I, I finished that. Um, I ended up having like a hip injury and I came home. Um, and it was a blessing. If they're like, you can find the blessing in something. I was like, oh, do you know you have a grapefruit sized cyst on your ovary? Like, oh my no, I didn't. <laughs> so I was like, thank you. So I was like, okay, that's why I got hurt. So that was, you know, and then it, it's happened a couple times in my life. You know, it was like, um, oh, I did go, I had one more thing, which was, um, I like this checklist of things I needed to do before kids came into play. It was like, I want to do this and this and this. And one was to work for Cruise Line. And I worked for Disney Cruise Line. Oh, my gosh. And then. Most people that have a dream to work for Disney, it is a dream. They don't, I have a friend that, like, that is her all-time number one thing, and she's applied so many times. I mean, it's crazy that you got picked up at, you know, Disney Florida, Disney Paris, and a cruise line. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I come off of a nine-month contract, and I'm training for a half marathon, and I get nailed by a Mercedes running in my neighborhood. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, like, no joke. Like, an elderly woman driving nails me. No oh witnesses. I'm, like, army crawling on my stomach, like, yelling. I'm trying to 
get my mind right to remember her license plate, but I, I just can't because I'm like, I don't even know if my legs are broken right now, but I think because what? of like all my yoga gymnastics stuff, I was like, okay, like my my like pants were ripped and my elbows were like bleeding and stuff like what? that. Yeah, I mean, this crazy stuff. But the funny story about this is um, my husband calls me because he was climbing. He was on a trip and he was summiting a mountain and he's like on a sat phone telling he's like yeah and then we did this and we did this and it was awesome and i'm like um i have to tell you something um i got hit by a car he's like oh my gosh and what he thought just like the er thought was like car accident right i was like no like my person yeah (laughs) like my body yeah and of course disney called me four days later to come back for the next contract that i had to say like there's no way yeah it's just not gonna happen um, but the blessing behind that was then a couple months later, we got pregnant. So Aww. I have my little blessing. So, yeah. So it was like, okay, you just got to keep finding. Gosh, did this. the lady stop? Oh my gosh. She's like, this is, she's like, you hit my car. <gasps> I was like, kidding? oh my gosh. And you know what? I'm going to tell you my like six days a week worth of yoga paid off because I saw her in a store recently and you know, you always got that fight or flight. And I just kind of looked and I was like, oh, this lady, she probably still should not be driving. Yeah. And I was just like, well, all right, whatever. So she lives in, in Virginia. In, okay. Yep. Where yep. you live. Oh yep. my yep. gosh. <laughs> but if I can say anything, I think that's like the biggest thing is you have to find the silver lining and all this chaos, these nine lives, whatever, you know, and then it's like, it doesn't stop there. It just keeps happening oh my gosh so did you sue her or anything was there, there, a there was um, I have so many questions yeah, about this lady I, yeah, I know it's just you. too much is, well yeah and, I just <laughs> the crazy I can't imagine thing, getting nailed by a car yeah she's like you dented my car and I was like so then how can you say you didn't hit me <laughs> yeah like yeah so bizarre and like I said no witnesses no cameras up on lights anywhere um just this like she thinks you just ran and jumped on her car and dented it and then you flew off and you're fine yeah yeah so I start physical therapy and I meet awesome people there and they're like they put me on like a BOSU trainer like a half dome if Mm -hmm. people don't know what they are and then they like attach my ankle to like a band and they're like having me do this like crazy exercise. They're like, okay, go front side back while you're balancing on one foot. And they're like, okay, none of us know how to even do that. So do you want a job here? I was like, uh, oh, sure. I'll be a PT tech. Why not? You know? So oh I started working gosh. there, you know, through my pregnancy and it was great. I mean, it kept me in shape. I was always working out there and, you know. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that was 2009. Oh, my Mm -hmm. gosh. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe you got hit by a car. Yeah, it's just like, and I swear, there was a point where I'm like, I want to just stand in my neighborhood with a sign that is like, moms, get on the sidewalk with your strollers. Right. Because they want to be, it's a running path. It is a designated running path. And in all honesty, when they asked this lady what the solid white line was for, she said, oh, that means no parking. I'm like, are we done here? Do yeah. we, like, seal the deal? Because that's not what it's for. So, yeah, it was just, like, wrong place, wrong time that no one saw. 
That is insane. Mm -hmm. So it stopped the dancing bit, you know, um, which that's okay. Like I said, I got my, my blessing. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I think in this chronological crazy timeline or so we're at 2009. Yeah. I have my daughter in June of on flag day. Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) June 19th. June 14th. June 14th. Yes. Sorry. Nope. That's Juneteenth is June 19th. Okay. June 14th. That's my mom's birthday. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yes. Okay. So we're going, still going through deployments and all that stuff. And then um, fast forward to now we're in um, 2011 on another deployment. And um, this is part of what I had shared. Sorry. Yeah. Can we go back? Yeah. Um, so 2005, you were very close friends with Shar. Can you tell us? So Shar actually works for Team Never Quit. She's part of our room. She's our only remote team member. Um, and all the emails that come in, Shar checks those. Hi, Shar. I'll yes. email you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have this close relationship. We tell our listeners about that yes of course um so back in 2005 we would have a weekly dinner at char's house with a group of girls and guys that worked together and uh, we all took turns char's a fabulous cook and there would be a theme and on this particular week i was bringing deviled eggs i need to stop for ground mustard and my husband was like we don't have time and I'm like, I'm sorry. I cannot make this without the ground mustard. <laughs> and it was like going back and forth. It's like, we just need to get there. And it was about a half hour from our house. And we get there. So did he know something you didn't? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we get there and they're helping her um, grab charcoal to get the grill fired up. And it was like in a little storage area. And I like went out to see if they needed help. And then it was like kind of this motioning to like turn around and get her back in the house. I'm like, what is going on? And um, all of a sudden I saw some trucks coming down the street. And then it's just like, I, I don't know what's happening. So we're all inside. And then there's a knock at the door. And it was some guys in uniform. And there was several possibilities that evening of wives that they could have been there to notify so we didn't know when that door opened who they were there for and then they had said Shar's name and and you were at Shar's house yeah a group of us a large group so it's just like you look at it as such a private moment but we all just were in the right place at the right time to be there for her that she didn't go through that moment alone Mm -hmm. and we were all there for her through this notification process. So, And Char's husband, Jacques, was on the helicopter in Red Wing. Um, Jacques Fontaine is a lot of uh, people that have followed the story of Red Wing. He was on Team 10 on the helicopter, and we've stayed close with Char since then. Um, she's worked with the boot campaign. She works with Team Never Quit, and she's just always very intertwined with um, giving back. You know, she cares 
very much about giving back and helping others. And she's such an awesome person. And you have the blessing of, you know, knowing her a lot closer than, you know, than I do. Um, but I remember um, her telling me that story about you before I even met you. So that um, that's just a little neat tidbit that you were there for her. It was my first time experiencing a loss within the community. And I could not believe the outpouring of support from strangers. Whereas with my brother's loss, like it was people in our community that we knew, you know, and sometimes you'd get like a card or something, flower or something with somebody that you didn't really know that well. And you're like, wow, I wonder what it was that connected with them that they thought like, I am going to call this florist and send mm-hmm. these people flowers. You know, you, you never know what right. their connection is. But with Char and then immediately stuff started pouring in and food and coolers and just all the paper products because these homes of everyone were going to be so full of people and visitors and I mean, Navy personnel, just everything every day, you know, and, um, my husband had not experienced any loss at this time. So that's a huge thing for somebody to go through that had to step up and be there, but not really knowing. So this is like, I'd pull him aside and be like, you got to be careful when you're talking about this. When she's mm-hmm. asking you about this, you got to be careful with this. Let's figure out how to make a mass card, like, and have this printed out with his picture on it. Like, offer that to her. So it was kind of like little side coaching, going, this is what worked for me. It might not work for Char, but at least put it out there. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, our computer died in the middle of, like, creating the memorial video. Oh, and it's no. like, we're like oh my gosh, no, <laughs> like go out, buy a new computer. Well, and try that's to such get an emotional thing. thing to put together in the first place. So to have to do it again after your Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, I mean, and that's like obviously very minor on the scale of everything, but it was no, just but like. it's a real thing when and, it's happening. Yeah. It's and very emotional. Took such pride in getting this done for her, mm-hmm. you know, and um, her whole group flew down to Florida to be there for it. And, um, it just showed me this sense of community because we only been living there a year, I think at the time. And, um, I'm still here for her and she's here for Mm -hmm. me today. So at that time, that night, did y'all know that there were several losses? Yes. Yes. So they explained, you know, to us and obviously like stuff started hitting the internet and um, we immediately started working on pictures for her because we all took so many pictures and um, had them uploaded to different like companies online. This is online. back with like cameras. Yes, this yes. was when Digital people cameras. used cameras, yep. not yeah. cell phones for everything. So that was like super time consuming. It wasn't just like tap and send. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, let's go through all these files, you know. Um, and that's what we started doing right away. And then just people kept coming over, you know. And I guess the biggest thing for me with her is I worried that there were so many people hands-on. And I was like, how can I protect my friend that these people are going to disappear? Mm-hmm. Not everyone's going to – they want to be in the moment. They want to know what's going on. They want to know how it looks. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. That's the tough part about the grief piece, you know, um, to find out who's genuinely there for you and who's there to go and maybe chit-chat with their friends after about it. Mm-hmm. So – 
um, it was one of those things like, I'm going to be here for you. You know, I'm not disappearing in two months. In fact, I remember when she was moving, like my mom and I went and helped the Navy movers pack up her house. Cause uh. I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, I got to keep an eye on this. She couldn't be there. Just, we all do that. We step up and know that we can count on each other. How did your husband handle, I mean, that was a huge loss for the community, and I was not part of this. I did not know Marcus at this time. I came in five years later, so me hearing everybody's experience, like me hearing this is totally new. I have not heard your experience. Um, So I know a lot of people are like, well, how do you not know? You know, you were, you're married to Mark. No, I didn't know. I have, this is all very new to me and hearing everybody's experience is very interesting to me because it's directly affected, you know, and that was, but I do know that that was a huge, at the time, the biggest loss that the community had experienced. So how, with your husband being so close to that, being in the community, yeah. He had to he had to deploy shortly after. And it was tough because now now you're questioning things like, do I need to do this? Do I need to take care of this? You know. And um, he had his just in case letter for me. You know. Um, and there was just I think anyone that went through that um, had a different mentality about their family back home. And that's, you know, immediate family, extended family, neighbors, friends, you know, maybe they went to go see someone like a friend, neighbor, family member, something just in case, you know, like, hey, I better go see that person before I leave, Mm -hmm. you know, mentality switched. Yeah. Go check on grandma. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Go do the things that. Yeah. And it was, we were always like pre and post, Mm -hmm. like Michigan before, Michigan after. Mm Mm-hmm. And it wasn't easy on us, especially after we had our daughter, like, all right, here we go, like road trip, you know, but we made it happen because he saw that loss and he knows the loss I had. Like, we're not promised these people in our lives forever. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest part. It's so heavy. It is. It's, and for you to have to accept that, you know when he leaves, that that just-in-case can be very real. And you experienced it with Char. And how many deployments did he do after 05? I mean... Okay, so after 05, like right now off the top of my head, I can't think. I just know that 13 was like was the last. Total, yeah. 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 So several. I mean, he's going back and you're living this. This is your life. And then in 2011, the community has, it has now surpassed Red Wing. It has the largest loss of life. And wish, did, how, tell us about that. So my husband was on that helicopter. So with that, it was like, okay, here we go again. Um, let's find the silver lining. 
let's help the other people in the community because that's, that's just how I function. This mm-hmm. is how, but I can tell you, and I know I'm kind of like getting ahead of things a little bit. When I lost my brother, I couldn't even talk about it. I had, um, you know, like high school boyfriend, but I like couldn't even get the words out. Like he took me to the cemetery on his anniversary and tried to talk to me. I couldn't even, I was frozen. Like, you know, you have that dream where you're like, something's wrong and you can't even speak. Like that was, I like didn't have a voice. And I think because I didn't have the community like I have now that we can bounce all of this stuff off of each other, just like we're doing here this weekend. Um, I didn't have that. So I sat there and I just like stared at this guy. I couldn't even say anything. And it, it was traumatic on lots of relationships because I couldn't voice these things. I didn't know how to give them a name. And then it's like once, you know, the internet comes into play and you're like, oh, this is called grief. Mm-hmm. Oh, these things were normal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Therapy is like a normal thing. <laughs> it's not, I mean, you go there like for, like to data dump. It's not for crazy kids. No, absolutely not. You know, so I know I'm kind of jumping around, but all of that like stuff played into where I am sitting in front of a microphone telling my story where before I was frozen. Mm -hmm. And it's the whole thing of like, I just want to help other people. And that's Mm -hmm. just, it's in my DNA. That's just how I'm wired. And, um, so yeah, so I went through that loss and, um, my kid was two. And, um, that was a lot, but again, this is where I went back and I'm like, oh my God, this is totally why I got hit by a car. It was so I could have a kid because I had to get out of bed for her every morning and be there for her and be awesome because at two, she didn't know why the heck her daddy wasn't coming home. Mm-hmm. She didn't get it. She couldn't wrap her mind around it. We would have, you know, um, speakers that came and spoke to us and they're like, you, you just have to say their heart stopped working. Because they don't understand. It's like, I don't think they're even going to understand that. They don't understand the heart has valves and it pumps and it's, no. Yeah. Like, this is all just too much, you know. But it is the support and it is us going through that as a group that we're still here and uh, growing. And I can, I remember talking with one of the girls and I said, and we were actually driving to Arlington and um, Arlington Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And we both agreed that we would not be who we are today if we had not gone through our loss, which is so huge because people can carry that burden that they're just so angry Mm -hmm. with what they've been through and they're going to play that victim and they're going to sit at home and they're going to drink too much and eat too much and not leave the house and not work and enjoy the freedoms that they have where her and I could say, we are better people. Mm -hmm. And to actually be able to verbalize that, it comes from the programs we're doing, um, being with each other, supporting each other. So we have our own sisterhood, just like they had their brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And there's no right or wrong way to do the grief. (laughs) Everybody's going to be different. And I have like... When someone new, unfortunately, comes into our sisterhood, I normally will text them this picture, and it shows – it's like a grief graphic of grief, how it should be. And then actually the one I send them is like basically like – looks like spaghetti drawn everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, no, there's no A to Z, yeah. but you got to go through it. And it might 
not happen for five years down the road that you're going to go through these, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm obviously no grief expert, but I've had my share yeah. of stuff. And my whole thing was like, okay, I just got to keep moving. And, and, and onto that, actually, right before the guys passed, he had messaged me saying, you need to have a backup plan. And at the time I was doing a uh, Russian kettlebell and it was Pavel's method, which a lot of the people in the community know. And, um, he's like, you really like kettlebell. You should like really look into getting certified. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to like, how am I going to go travel? And then everything happens. And he said that while you're, while he, while was, he was deployed. deployed. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, how am I going to go like, while he's on deployment, train, get certified, like do all this stuff. And right after he passed, I looked at my friend that I trained with and I said, I'm going to be back in the gym soon. And she's like, take your time. I was like, no, I'm not going to lose my calluses, girl. (laughs) I worked too hard to like get these right where they need to be for my kettlebells. So I was back in the gym right away and I could like feel the eyes on me. I was like, oh, everyone thinks I shouldn't be back here yet, but that's too bad. Because this is what I need to do. I need to move. Yeah. Because I know what didn't work when I lost my brother. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, no, I, I'm going to keep moving. So in 2012, I did go get certified. And I still go and get certified every two years. I'm getting ready to go in April again. So I'm a level two with Strong First. And um, I have taken that to empower people in my community and teach them and work with them and also be like, okay, this girl's been through some stuff. Yeah. And guess what? I openly share about it now with my clients. And we as a group are giving back to our community and helping others. So it's like this ripple effect has been just crazy. So I I named the gym Fight Club because I said, don't talk about it. Because I was just like off the grid. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want any strangers coming to my house and fight club, fight club, fight club, right? And I had recertified, I think it was, yeah, it was 2016, did all my testing, like powered through. I was like, yes, I was on fire. Like, I went through my, oh, we have to do this like 100 snatches in under five minutes, like, smoked that in like three minutes and 10 seconds, like, feeling awesome. And um, I, go for like my yearly checkup and I have like a new physician's assistant that's never met me, doesn't know my like crazy stories. And I was like, something's off. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, something's off. And I'm like, yes, I know you're gonna read my chart. It's not grief. She's like, okay, so what are you saying? I was like, I need a mammogram. She's like, you're not 40. I'm like, listen, I am a single mom. Actually, I'm like, I actually, I'm a double parent. I'm a mom and a dad. My husband passed. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like a mammogram. She's like, uh, okay. So I go get my mammogram first time ever. They call me back immediately that day. And I saw my phone. I was like, shit, I have cancer. So I go in and they start doing all this stuff. And I'm trying to like keep it from my daughter because I'm like, this is not what she needs to hear. <laughs> so I'm like, tiptoeing around but it's also end of the school year which means her birthday which means birthday treat has to come to school there's not dad in the picture to bring birthday treat so I literally had a procedure done and said you have to get me out by this time to make it to lunch to bring the birthday treat are you kidding? So I like went to school with ice packs like in my armpit in my bra to do the birthday treat 
you know, and um, yeah, they're like, yeah, you're stage two, three, it's in your lymph nodes. And I was like, oh my god. Okay, so what do we do? Because here I am again, fight or flight. I'm like, okay, so what do we do? What appointments do we need to make? Where am I going? Oh, I'm still going to Michigan for the summer, right? Like for my month long, like get away with my daughter. They're like, yeah, no. I'm like, no, this is what we do. She's not going to understand. And that oncologist looked at me and said, you told me you don't want your kid to be an orphan. Oh my gosh. And I was like, gotcha. Check. All right. Trip's canceled. So we got at it right away. Chemo started. Fast forward, finished that in November. Double mastectomy and reconstruction on my birthday. (laughs) So I was like, but I was like, no, silver lining people. Cause you know, they come in the hospital and they're like, date of birth. I'm like, today. Oh my (laughs) And they're like, what? You're getting a mastectomy on your birthday? I'm like, yes. I'm like, second birth. I'm here. And that's what I said to my mom at the hospital. I'm like, here we are. You had me on this day and here we are, you know? So have that. Not even joking. I'm in the hospital room that night by myself and fight clubs on the TV. I was like, oh my goodness. Marcus says there's no coincidence. It's always, there's a true reason for everything. So it was like, okay. And then I had added all these extra kettlebell classes because I trained clients at my house. Because leading up to it, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't take days off. Like if school's off, I still have class. I would, you know. So I did all these extra classes. Well, then I get like released from the hospital. I've got all my drains, all the stuff. And I come out the next day to teach. And they're all like, what are you doing? And I was like, you can't see what I have got going on under here. I'm not lifting any kettlebells. I am just going to coach you guys. And they're like, get in your house. Oh, and I'm like, no, I seriously need gosh. to be out here right now. And I did. And they helped me heal. Even them. Like, even though they saw me out there, like, crazy, but I'm like, no, this is, this is what I have to do. It's the week of Christmas. Oh my Right? So yeah. So surgery was December 19th. And then, yeah. So having to get all the stuff ready for Christmas. And then after that, then full on radiation for six weeks. I mean, the whole shabam. So then it's like, why this? You know, and I I really can say I think it was just from a lot of stress after the loss of my husband. So I'm very big on yoga with my weight training, obviously, with kettlebells. And I think it's the perfect balance. A lot of Young Living Essential Oils, mm-hmm. my, like Saving Grace, sleep on a biomat, had the diffusers going all over the house. And um, it's just – it just works it works and I'm here. And my thing is, I'm like, there's a bigger plan. And it's like when you can put your crap aside and realize that. And it's like, I don't know, like what the connection is. I don't know why I've had to go through all of these things. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And I probably won't ever know. But I'm like, uh, it's to help people. And I like had said that in my speech the other night about Mr. Rogers, like look for the helpers. And mm-hmm. it's like, yes, look for those people. I surround myself with those people and it lifts me up. My friends that help out um, in our area with a nonprofit for foster kids. So like we're in on that and like help the canines with their ballistic vests and do this. And we've got our hands in lots of pots. You know, I have uh, two vacation rentals that I run because I'm like customer service and I want families to go and visit these and create 
their memories, memories yeah. just like we're here doing this weekend because that got taken away from us. We don't have memories as a family of three anymore. It's just my daughter and I. So it's so important for me, to, for these families to take time and take the trip, spend the money, take your kids to Disney people, yeah. <laughs> like take them. And you know what? If you're like, oh, they're too young. No, they're not. It's for you. Get the pictures. And then that way you can tell them the stories about it. Because yeah. guess what? If when my husband got back, when my daughter had just turned one, if he would have said she's too young, guess what? I would not have all those pictures of her with her daddy at Disney. Aww. And we cherish them. We will sometimes at night when she's having a hard time, she's like, can we just look at pictures? Can we look at videos? Because she doesn't remember. Yeah. So that's what helps her. And I'm like, and we try to get to Disney at least once a year. And we love going by those spots where we took pictures together. That means everything. And it's like if he, you know, and when we got back from, or when he got back from the one deployment, I remember he came out and he's like, you're never going to believe this. I was like, I don't know. Did they lose our reservation? He's like, we got upgraded to a Castle View room, Uh. you know, and it was the greatest thing. He was so excited because they were like, that was the year that they're like, what are you celebrating? I'm like, oh, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, my birthday, (laughs) Father's Day, like all these, all the things, you know, he's just getting back and they were like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, take the trips with your families, military or not, just make memories, make these memories. I'm really big on that. Like I, when it's, a birthday or Christmas or whatever, like I could care less about a, a gift. I want a memory. I want to have an experience that, you know, whether it's just with my family or whatever, like I just, I need that. I need to make experiences and for all of us to remember things. And I have a funny Disney story. Um, my dad it was just me and him when I was little and um, he wanted to take me to Disney. I was maybe seven years old. We had no money at all. Like he was a single dad, just scrapping, you know, like he did, he was working his butt off, but he was saving everything and he wasn't going to spend hardly any money. He had a, a budget, I think of like $300 cash for Disney. This is like 80s, okay? We lived in Oklahoma at the time. We drove from Oklahoma to Orlando, made it to Disney World, and no reservations. So, I mean, this is a dad, okay? Dude, this is before (laughs) internet and iPhone. You know, like this is before all of that. So he's like, we'll just drive out there, get a hotel when we get there. So we go out and we go to the hotels on property. Can't afford any of them. So he's like, well, they said, you're going to need to go further away from Disney to be able to afford like whatever his budget was for the night. So we had to end up backtracking an hour to get our Norman Bates hotel motel that was um, roach infested, literally roaches crawling around all over the room. And uh, my uncle was with us too. So it was my dad and his little brother and me. And uh, my dad got a bucket of fried chicken. And that was going to be our food for the whole oh my the whole trip. <laughs> like we needed to make that bucket of chicken last. 
And we did. And a, and a couple Snickers. So we had a buckle ch- bucket of chicken, some Snickers, and probably some, like, Dr. Pepper or something. I don't know. Because we were super healthy, you know. Um, so we go to Disney during the day. And I think he got, like, a two-day park pass or something. It poured oh, rain. No. And we rode every freaking ride in the rain. Everybody else scattered and was like hiding under their umbrellas. And we looked at it as no lines. Okay. And we just went and rode everything over and over in Space Mountain over and over and over and over. We had so much fun. So much fun. And I literally like had the fried chicken hidden, you know, in our that's, we ate that. We didn't even eat the park food. Like we were having to, we were on such a tight budget and, uh, and a cash budget. He had no credit card. So <laughs> a real budget. And, uh, we drove back to Oklahoma and it was the best. That is my favorite vacation memory. And it's not about, you know, spending a ton of money or whatever. Like we just made it work. And we don't ha- even have pictures from it. He didn't have a camera. So, but there's like in just in my head, I'll never forget it. It was so much fun. And it's funny looking back because he, he's worked, you know, he, he's literally lived the American dream. He's worked his butt off. And now we go to Disney and it's a completely different experience. Um much better experience <laughs> but that memory of going there as a kid like that is my favorite out of all of them and it just you know it makes me think memories are what's most important doesn't matter what you're sacrificing it doesn't matter what kind of money you got just do it and make it happen make it work yeah book the trip yeah use up your Paid time off, yeah. days off, whatever. I think there was like National Plan Your Vacation Day was just recently, you know. Oh, really? And I remember I like posted about it and I was like, like, hopefully people are just take the trip. Yeah. You know? Well, I love that your husband embraced Disney like. Oh, yes. Like you do. Oh, yes. He was like, when I retire, I'm going to come back and run security at this place. <laughs> that was like, that's what he wanted to do. He was like, I want a stress-free. And I was like, I don't that would be stress-free but no he was like this is what I'm gonna do oh my gosh Mm -hmm. so with your your cancer did you you told the doctor you knew something wasn't right did you have any signs no no lump that's what's so crazy about all this nothing you just had a feeling in your head I think honestly like some of it ties in just from like being so in tuned and like just so much that I've processed over time and going to yoga every day and being still. Like if you can't be still for five minutes with yourself and just have this like clear, you know, I mean, obviously you could probably daily hear stuff about meditation now, you know, and I mean, there's like some certain apps that I will use at night sometimes to sleep or my daughter does like, and yeah, so no, there was no... Yeah, just so you weren't stiff or yeah. headaches no. or no. you just had this yeah. gut feeling something was wrong. Yeah, so it's like that's why I was like, also be your advocate because if this lady that had never met me, you know, was going to be like, no, you shouldn't go, and I would be like, oh, okay, I'm not mm-hmm. going to go. 
And I was like, no, uh, I'm telling you, you don't know me. <laughs> this is what I need to do. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing about giving back is I've actually um, got invited back by the hospital to teach a kettlebell class to the cancer survivors. Oh, my God. So I did that a couple months ago. And we had a great time. But even, like, going in there, it was to empower them, like – and they, when I first came in, because, like, my hair's all grown back, it's long, I'm, like, look like a total poser walking in with all these kettlebells. Like, I'm going to teach these ladies oh that gosh. have been through all this trauma. And I was like, no. And my nurse was like, no, ladies, she's actually been through it. And it not just surgery. Like, she's done the chemo. She's done the radiation. Mm-hmm. And I, I still am on a daily chemo pill and a monthly injection that kind of just kicks my butt. But like my doctor said, it's your insurance plan to still be here. My so, gosh. You know. Um, and, la- and this week, I mean, I got the injection and then got on a plane to come and give this speech and share the story because I was like, this yeah. will hopefully help our community and help others. And Yeah, I just- saw you Thursday night and you're like, yeah, I had my – I had a treatment yesterday. I'm like, what? I know. That is crazy. Yeah, so it's just the – unfortunately, just – being younger and having cancer, you know, um, this is what they have to do. So it's like another four years of this. And that's why it's like, oh, yeah, you can't quit. Like, it's not stopping tomorrow. It's not stopping next month. It's like I, I'm on this uphill climb for another four years of this while playing double parent, you know. Um, so that's it's definitely challenging. Um, How's your daughter doing? You know – it's funny. I wanted to add to my speech the other night. Like, you know, it's tough to be away from my kid, but I believe in like the greater good and the ripple effect. But I also wanted to say, but she's also a preteen. I needed a couple days away. <laughs> it's like I was telling Melanie in a matter of me being away for already one night, my mom's like, she tried to shave her legs. She wanted to put her vans in the microwave to get them drier faster because of the rain. I'm like, what is happening? Oh like, my gosh. I've only been away one night, you know. <laughs> So, no, it's, um, you know, these kids in their DNA obviously have some of their father's um, just everything. And it's like that whole quote. It's like, yeah, you might be strong-willed, but you're going to grow up to be, like, super awesome one day. Yeah. You know, and it's always, like, the opposite. Like, she just always wants to do the opposite. But she's she's awesome. And... um I mean, she's seen me go through all this stuff. And that's why I was like, I I need to, like, keep it going because she's watching every move. And parents, if you think your kids aren't watching and listening yeah. and mimicking, uh, then they are. Yeah, you're going to get a wake-up call one day. You know, I mean, my daughter's come out and, like, has taught kettlebell to kids. Or she's, like, Aww. doing yoga. Or she's, like... The things that, you know, she's putting her essential oils on her. It's like she knows. Like she'll sit and like when we go to um, some classes for that, she'll go sit right up front and take notes. And like she has her whole like goal list for Aww. that. And um, like we're here to teach them. Mm-hmm. And and she knows like, no, we do these things and give back to our community because we're so lucky to still be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, people need the support. But no, she's um, she's good, and you know, getting ready to go to middle school next year. So oh that's gosh. like that's a lot, and you know. And then I like look back at my brother, and I'm like, this is crazy because we're like in this that same getting to that same time frame. So that's a very 
you know, it's a lot processing a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I have some friends, kids that have gone through the same school and they're thriving. So that gives me great hope. Yeah. But also the organizations that are out there for our kids are huge and, you know, maybe not everyone knows about them, but if you've known about them or you've donated or you've helped out or you've volunteered for something, thank you because they matter and they're making our kids stronger and to be leaders in the future. Because so like Navy SEAL Foundation, the Gold Star Kids programs yes, and absolutely. all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And also to give them a voice to their grief first being frozen, like mm-hmm. where I was at, without any type of... There was no, like, surviving siblings of suicide back in 1995. Right. You know what I mean? Like, even now, I mean, I haven't gone to anything for it. I haven't gone anything for, like, the cancer bit. I was like, which thing you do didn't I need go to, to therapy pick? when your brother died? Um, I think I went, like, honestly, I think I went once. And then I was in college, and then I was like, uh, okay, I guess I'll go talk to this person. Did like, you rebel at all in high school? Like, no, did it I was a goody-goody. <laughs> like, no, I was super involved. I was on student council. I cheered. I ran track. I ran cross country. Super involved, yeah. So, no, I was like, like, no. Like, this is – you know what? It was more for pride for my parents. I never wanted them getting a phone call that I did A, B, C, or D, right? So mm-hmm. I was so worried about that. Not because they scared me, but it was just because, like, be a good person. Do this. Do that, you know? And um, that's just how I was. I think that's one of the things that I am so inspired by you and, like, all the other ladies who are here. Because when I was 14, I lost my stepmom. And it was, I cry every time I talk about it. It was, it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And um, it was very sudden. There was no warning or anything. She uh, she died of an asthma attack. And oh we gosh. didn't even know she had asthma. It was just the weirdest. I still kind of am in a denial about it, I guess. I just don't understand how a 30-year-old can go to the bathroom and not come out. It was very shocking, but, um, I, my family did not grieve well and it was like, just get over it. Like move on. There was no, like this happened, just move on. It was very, very hard. And for a teenager, it was like, what, how do you, how do you, how does someone just die? Like with no sickness? Or no warning or no risk. There was no risk that morning. Like, I don't understand. And I went to a lot of therapy. But I I acted out. Because I didn't know. I just felt very lost. But over time, I felt, I realized, like, helping others helped me. And it helped me become a better person. It took me a long time. <laughs> I was a shithead in high school, <laughs> like total shithead in high school. If anyone listening to this knew me in high school, they were like, yeah, she, no. <laughs> I was not the same person that I was um, back then. I think, actually, I think I am the same person I always has, have been. I was not myself in high school and even years after that. Um, it just took me a long time to find myself again. Um, 
But I look at all of you and y'all are all so strong and like have handled grief so well. That's one of the things that I'm so drawn to y'all about. And other people, like people that are listening to this, like they look at the community for strength. And anyway, I'm inspired by you. We love you. And we're so thankful (laughs) for you. Seriously. I think the big difference too is you going through that as a teen, me as a teen, we didn't have iPhones, right? Yeah. So guess what? With these girls, when something happens, we send a text, we send a picture, we um, are calling each other. It's it's easier to stay in contact with someone now and check in on them versus how it was back then. Right. Or, um, so, in, I mean, even... You know, a, a group text with the girls and, I mean, humor. I mean, I deal with a lot of things with humor. Like, yeah. Uh, like, I'm not going to be watching any scary movies. <laughs> like, none of that. So I'm like, give me some humor. I'm going to go to a comedy club. Like, yeah. this, you know. But I, I do. I think us having each other has been huge. And, you know, obviously, most people have experienced some sort of loss, whether oh, yeah. it be a pet, a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a friend. I mean, I can remember watching my girl as a kid oh my and bawling my eyes out. Like, my oh, my girl. gosh, Thomas, Jay can't find his glasses, and now he's <laughs> dead. And I remember, like, bawling my eyes out, and I was like, I don't know what I would ever do if I lost someone I was that close to. And then I end up losing my brother, and I always, like, reference back to my girl, you know? Uh-huh. It's like, oh, remember, like, Thomas, Jay can't see without, you know? Just, it was so traumatic, you know? And I feel like I, did I learn to grieve because of movies? You know, then it's like, I remember Armageddon where like, there's that whole, like, and there's like movies that have been, you know, where I'm like, I can't watch that again. I'm good. Like that gets too in my feelings, you know, and I don't need a story. Like I got my own. Oh my gosh. Marcus watches Armageddon all the time. And I'm like, it makes me cry my eyes out. So, oh my gosh. That that put me in bed for a couple days. I was like. Soundtrack on repeat, like on yeah, my like no. disc man, you know. I can't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But no, I think it is. It's the power of the community to lift each other up. Whether you have that at your your church, your um, book club, your mom's group, whatever. Right. It's just like just be good people, everyone. Yeah. Just be there. Yeah. And um, yeah. I mean, these girls. To know them and to have gone to their husband's funerals and then shortly after, it was like kind of a peace of mind knowing like I already know what group I'm going to be with mm-hmm. this group of girls because I'd been on the other side of it supporting them. Yeah. And now that I'm one of them, you know, so that was that was a very odd um, role to take. Yeah, it's definitely not a group you want to be a part of, but at the same time, it's such a good group that once you are a part of, you're you're okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's no secret. Like everyone wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's because I did this." Mm-hmm. It's like a combination of things and the people around you, and a weekend like this, mm-hmm. and. Um, I mean, so many things that play, that factor in. And everybody's got to find their own thing. And like I said, it's not necessary of a loss. They could be grieving um, the loss of a job, 
you know, and it's like, okay, find your silver lining and, and maybe you're not going to find it out for years down the road. Be like, oh, this, okay. That's why, because this other door was waiting for me and it led me to this, you know, and it's just like embracing the, the change and. Well, thank you for coming on and for sharing your story. Yes. Um, a lot of people, I mean, they go, I mean, can relate to a lot of things that you have been through. I mean, pick one of the things yeah. that what she's been through. Um, but you are truly an inspiration. And we will all proudly plug Navy SEAL Foundation. I mean, that's how this all got started. Like, we, I heard her tell her story um, on stage at the gala. And I was like, okay, if she's going to tell it to all these people in this room, she could tell it on the podcast. <laughs> so, but it's the whole reason she did that is to um, support and ask for support from others for the Navy SEAL Foundation. So if you have it in your means to be able to donate or volunteer or whatever you can do, please check out Navy SEAL Foundation. And um, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, time for a listener story of the day. Today's listener story comes from Jackson. Let's get right into it. Hello, my name is Jackson. I'm a firefighter EMT. I recently was diagnosed with PTSD, so let me tell you from the start. In 2009, I started the fire service as a junior firefighter. In 2011, I was in 10th grade going to high school, and every day was the same, but then one day it changed. My parents told me they were sick of my current school and sending me off to military boarding school. I was pumped, but nervous. I always saw myself in the military, but hell, I was 15. January 15, 2012, I was no longer a boy. I was a scrub, and scrubs are lower than whale shit. Next came 28 days of hell. I've always been a heavy guy. I lost 30 pounds that month. No cell phones, AC, no Wi-Fi. The only outside contact came through the snail mail USPS. The first year went by slow, but by the end of the year, I had picked up some rank, E3. I came back my junior year with school. I became an E7. The start of my senior year, I was looking at going to the Marines like my grandfather. By the end of my senior year, I had a full-ride military scholarship to Marion Military Institute in the ECP, Early Commissioning Program. That's when I found alcohol. Within six months, I dropped out. I got stuck in a hole at 18 years old, drinking every day. That's when my United States Marine Corps retired Captain Grandfather told me to get my shit together and move out on life. That night, I shot myself with my 40 cal. By the grace of God, I survived. I had a new look on life. EMT school was four months long, start to finish. It took me two years and five tries later. I got my National Registry EMT card. Fire school came next, and I'm working on it. Should have it done by January 2021. I have been dating this girl I'm going to marry on March 31st, 2020. By chance, I have found y'all's group through my coworker after he attended your Patriot tour in Alabama. I would like to say thank you to the crew and their wives. First, for your service to this country. May it never forget. To the wives, thank you for letting them help others continue to be strong. I recently hit my lowest low with PTSD, and your Facebook ad came up, Never Quit, Buy Our Merch. I plugged up the podcast of the New York Fire Department lieutenant who survived 9-11. It saved me. I listened to every podcast y'all ever did in the next two days. I wanted to call and thank you all for keeping me alive. On January 26, 2019, I quit alcohol, nicotine, and got a gym membership. Thanks, Jackson. Oh my gosh, Jackson. I was When that started, I had was not expecting uh, where that was going. 
that's incredible that you've decided to make that decision and change your life for the better and quit drinking and, you know, quit the bad habits and to become healthy. It's important for your marriage. It's important for yourself. And you are now an inspiration to others. I know that's a big burden, but keep it up because with you showing your fellow firefighters and the uh, EMT that you work with that you can do it. Maybe you'll be helping others. And with your PTSD, don't be scared of like seeking counseling. I mean, that there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with talking to somebody about, I mean, obviously there was something going on before you went to military school. I mean, there was something going on in your heart that you've been holding on to that's been bothering you. All of that wouldn't have even gone on. So maybe dig into that and and just get help for yourself. There, There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Everybody does. I've had my fair share of counseling. Marcus has had counseling. There's no, there's not, like that's natural. So continue to be the bigger person and stay super healthy. And alcohol is the devil. I'm telling you, I haven't drank a sip of alcohol in 10 years. And I mean, not that I ever had a problem with it, but I can't handle it. And I know that my body can't handle it. And it's, it really is, it brings out the worst in people. You know, some people are like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a fun drunk or whatever. No, you're not. (laughs) You might seem like you are, but there's, there's no good that comes out of something that alters your mind. So I'm proud of you and keep it up. Jackson, thanks so much for sharing your story. Your story definitely is going to impact others in our community. And uh, like Melanie said, it can be a burden, but I think it's the biggest opportunity that's presented itself to you to just be a part of this community and to inspire others that might be facing the same challenges. So if you want to share your story, make sure to head over to the website, teamneverquit.com slash podcast. We have a stories tab on the top of the navigation. You can read stories just like Jackson's or you can share your own story. Uh, Again, teamneverquit.com slash podcast and click on the share your stories tab. So I just got hacked recently and I was actually sitting with a buddy of mine in a coffee shop and he was pulling, downloading documents and I couldn't get anything to download. And I'm like, hey, what is going on? Well, he is a part of this company called Ambit. All right, Ambit VPN. So what this does, and I didn't know this, but the, the, the carriers, they restrict how much kilobytes, megabytes, whatever that is, comes across and how, how fast you can download stuff. This app, if you have it on your phone, will give you faster download speeds. This software that Ambit put out, it secures all your devices. And I didn't get why it was such a big deal that my email got hacked because it's not me they're after. It's everybody that's in my contact list. And unbeknownst to me, all these hackers from around the world, they're not going after the big companies anymore. They're going after you and me. They're going after small businesses. They're going after mom and dad, mom and pop shops. Easier targets. Easier targets. And it it's and, and there is an absolute threat out there because data, your data, is the new currency for anybody, and they will leverage that. It's much faster than every corporate and consumer VPN in the world today. And it's maximum encryption security so strong, and even the world's most advanced working quantum computers to date cannot hack it. So you said it's available now on the Android uh, App Store. You said it's coming out on iOS. You said it's coming out for Microsoft. Yeah, so go if, yeah, if you want to read more about it, you can go to www.ambitvpn.com. 
and check it out. That's ambitvpn.com. It, it, it is an absolute game changer. Melanie, first of all, I got to just thank you because this weekend was the coolest. Jen story, I'd never met Jen before, but her story was just fascinating. And she was the kindest, kindest ladies I ever met. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. So, a little backstory this weekend, uh, we had out um, almost a dozen uh, Gold Star wives out to our uh, family ranch, the Lazy J, and no agenda, no, there was no reason really to have it other than just get the girls together. And we had the best time, but we were on a group text when we were getting ready for the weekend, and Patsy Dietz Shipley, um, her husband was just on the podcast a few weeks ago. DJ Shipley's got Tribe Skates. They had just listened, all the girls had just listened to DJ's episode. And on this group text, they were like, we need Patsy on the, on the podcast now. She's got to tell her story. And so I asked Andrew if he would mind bringing up, you know, packing up our studio and bringing it up to the Lazy J and let's do a podcast with the girls. So we recorded two episodes. Um, We have one with the big group of ladies. And then we've got this one with Jen. And I'm not going to name any last names. That's not important. You know, she she wants to stay kind of anonymous on that. And, um, and we're not going to mention who her husband was, but um, she had a, you know, just that unthinkable tragedy you don't want to hear that knock on the door she had that happen to her and she goes into her story in this episode yeah and the and the story like when we came into this interview i thought okay she's a gold star wife i know kind of what to expect in some ways there but her never quit story was like she's like five or six yeah which was just crazy so yeah um i loved having her on i hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as we did Jen, thank you so much for just having the courage to share your story with our audience. I know they're going to love it. And uh, if you guys want to be the first to know when we drop new episodes, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, purple subscribe button. Uh, We drop a new episode every single Wednesday. Early in the morning, you'll see a new episode every week. So make sure to subscribe. If you don't follow us on social media, it's team underscore never quit. You can follow Marcus at Marcus Luttrell, Melanie, Melanie Luttrell. Morgan Mojo Latrell, me, Andrew Brockenbush, and you can keep up to date with all the things we've got going on. Uh, we do a little bit of uh, hinting at who we're going to record every once in a while. So thank you guys for tuning in week after week. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.